welcome to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You, where in a single moment you can recognize your brilliance and change your life. This is a transformational hour that covers an array of topics that demonstrate how individuals use their native talents, as shown in their name, to look at the ordinary in extraordinary ways. Albert Einstein once said that everybody's a genius. Why would one of the smartest people on the planet declare that everyone is a genius unless he knew that to be true? I'm Sharon Lynn Wyeth, and in each weekly show, you'll hear the fascinating ways other people discovered the genius in them and what they were able to accomplish. At the end of tonight's show, you'll hear clues on how you can recognize your own innate genius. All over the world, people have many, many diverse interests, and in that vein, people have written to our show's producers and asked about different occupations and areas of life that have highly interested them. People want to know how highly successful people have managed to achieve their genius mindset by utilizing the gifts that are seen in their name when we use nemology science. So some of the letters have asked, how does someone express their creative talents and how do they share those gifts with others in such a way that everybody benefits? Our expert tonight is Bernard Morin, who has done the most remarkable job in sharing his multiple talents with others, as he is a shaman, a playwright, an artist, and so much more. We've had Bernard on before, and he is one of my all-time favorite guests because he is such an interesting person, and so I'm so looking forward to having him on again tonight. For those of you that haven't met Bernard before, Bernard became aware at a very young age that the world was not entirely as it appeared. He felt that it was more important to fit in, have friends, and to be accepted than to acknowledge some of the strange happenings that occurred during his youth. However, later as an adult, he realized that these experiences were in fact, gifts that came to him too early to comprehend in his young life. In the relative safety of his early 20s, he began to observe the physical world around him for any clues that would make sense of those early experiences. He found himself drawn to people with particular physical difficulties and anomalies. His observations subsequently led him to identify patterns that would reveal histories of both emotional and spiritual trauma. Additionally, he found that he could intuit a person's issues across the street, then at great distances, as if they were right in front of him. This ability led him to question commonly held beliefs about time, space, and our assumptions about illnesses and disabilities. He started to amass a body of observations that still seemed out of step with the world that he found himself in. He felt like a foreigner on the planet. In his mid-20s, he entered the world of advertising and stayed immersed there for a period of almost 20 years. However, in 1988, life and, and eventually his calling proceeded to wake him up. He was introduced first to the traditional Reiki and then to a very gifted healer, the late Eleanor Moore in New Hampshire. Eleanor's experiences with healing in particular served to confirm his own experiences and awarenesses. He finally felt that his early life experiences had been ratified and he hadn't been crazy after all. Okay, And his thirst just kept growing and growing. He currently resides in a small town in Canada in the province of Ontario, and we're going to learn more as the night progresses. Welcome again to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You radio show, Bernard. Thank you, Sharon. That was a very complete introduction. <laughs> <laughs> there isn't much left to say, I think. <laughs> <laughs> you are so versatile. Would you quickly tell us what your current project is that you're working on? Um, I have several. Um, there's a there's a play brewing uh, back in my head at the moment that, that hasn't seen, uh, you know, hasn't been put down on the computer yet, but that's on the way. Um I've been surrounded by a lot of deaths. We'll get into that. Um, so I've been helping a few people across, and what I do is go to the other side and uh, greet them as they come through or move them through or show them where they're going so that they can go back to their bodies and make that decision when they get there because it's not where I think they should be. It's where they feel they should be. Um, I cleared um, a house... I've been there uh, once before clearing it. There were uh, untoward incidents in it, and a, a designer that had been working there knew me, and she said uh, she recommended that I go over and take a look at this place. And when I was there, I found um, I, I doused for noxious water veins or a, a dark energy and, and, and a level of energy that travels on underwater 
courses, and it runs vertically, so it will go through houses. And uh, I discovered that uh, it went right through the husband of of the original uh, owner's side of the bed. He developed uh, serious heart problems, and then it went through their son's bedroom. He died of melanoma at 27, I believe. So uh, there, that explained kind of how that happened. But I found a small spirit there, and it was a girl of about eight sitting at the top of the stairs in a party dress, a pink party dress. And I asked her what she was doing, and she said oh, she was listening to the adults downstairs. They were having a party. And obviously she was dressed up to greet the guests but wasn't able to stay. And I realized just um, how lonely she was but that she knew there were young children moving into the house and she was excited to have somebody to play with. And when I told that to the current owner, I said, I I can move her on or leave her there. And she very quickly said, Oh no, she can stay. And that meant that their daughter could have a playhouse on the third floor and she would never feel alone up there. She would always have fun up there. So that was a nice ending. However, the nanny in the family saw a figure, a rather flamboyant figure, uh, moving from two rooms upstairs. And there was some concern that this would um, affect the children or frighten the children at some point if they saw it. And I had an instinct of who it might be, and it turned out to be the son who had died of, of melanoma several years ago, also a lonely child. Um, still looking for approval, um, and I found out from other people he was a flamboyant dresser. Um, all those things kind of lined up, so I moved him up and out. That was one of the things I did this week. Um, I had a, a client with curses and attachments um, that needed to be moved, and they were bogging her down in her life, so it was teaching her how to... Uh, you know, countervail against that and then to do my part in it as well to help remove the attachments. And secondly, I cleared um, another site where the property had always felt rather bizarre and it was, uh, from my reckoning, was built uh, over a site where a native uh, man had, had been killed many years ago and there was a lot of um, psychic disturbance in that in that spot. So I moved. Um, the way I I do that is I I kind of I, I move both the house and the place he was killed, so they're not actually on the same ground. I move them uh, energetically, and that that again is another conversation about what happens on those native sites because for them the energy is still there. Um, and uh, she noticed, the owner noticed it right away. She walked outside and said, oh, my gosh, it's it's so calm outside now in the, in the woods. It's another symbol of it. Um, I'm also watching this week to see what's happening with power structures in the world, and I notice that they're changing. Uh, we appear to be experiencing the death of a certain form of democracy moving more towards socialist democracies or to forms of dictatorships and uh, corporatocracies. So that's another another piece that's sort of been my week and, and working with a couple of people who are dying. Wow. Before we get into this further, this is the part <laughs> of the show where um, I get to interpret your name. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. Your name indicates that you have fairness issues. In other words, you want the world to be a fair place. Thus, you will do all you can to make sure that people are treated fairly. And it also says that uh, you're more comfortable standing up for somebody else than you are for standing up for yourself. Your name also indicates that you're quite competitive and desire to be your best at all times. And you use competition to improve your own abilities. Uh, Bernard, your name also indicates that you're a detective and you love to know the background story of all the people around you. And um, this is one of the traits that you've used very well in developing your gifts as well as your ability to feel and sense your surroundings. And your name indicates that if you see a crooked picture on the wall, you'll go over and quietly straighten it out (laughs) because part of you wants just to create a more beautiful environment than that's what we currently have. Yeah. Um, You know, and I, 
I love the fact that you have this one combination in your name that says that you're very tactile, that the feel of things is very important. The feel of skin, the feel of art, the feel of texture, you know, that all of that is highly important to you. Yes. So anyway, that's some of what's in your name. Well, I can't disagree with any of it. It's right on. And stuff. I always think it's fun to interpret a name and, and get to see what you see. Um, and so I often like to do that. When we come back, because we have such a short period of time, I want you to be thinking about two things. Uh, mm -hmm. One is, what do you see when a person's die? You know, and what is that like? Because we definitely want to get into that. And the other is, I heard you use the word curse, that a client with curses and attachments. And I'd be really curious to know what is a curse and how do they occur? Okay, so stay tuned to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You, which is being heard on XZBN.net and Exxon Broadcast Network and on KnowTheName.com. After the break, we're going to find out how a shaman sees and senses the world a little differently than the rest of us. So stay tuned. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simo TV. Plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. As this is the first book in the Esoteric series, Modern Esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com. 
Welcome back. I'm Sharon Lynn Wyeth, and you're listening to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You. Our guest tonight is the talented Bernard Morin. And would you please tell us really quickly how people can reach you, Bernard, before we start getting into these deep subjects? Uh, the, the best way is to contact my website. It's a little long, but it's uh, in the name of healing, all one word, um, all lowercase, dot CA for Canada. So it's www dot in the name of healing dot ca thank you the best place there are some testimonials <laughs> there now too we're building on that so i was going to say i know so many people personally have used your utilized your services and just i mean could absolutely rave um okay so what do you see when a person dies um I look at the person, uh, if I, my best work is actually at home at a distance from them, but if I'm in the room with them, I look for a certain blur around their body, which tells me that their spirit is ready to exit the body. This isn't the moment of death, but uh, about two weeks prior to someone actually passing over, their spirit, in my experience, leaves the body and travels, and they will often go to people who they know have loved them or do love them, and they will go and visit places in their childhood and they come back. So uh, having witnessed that, very often in in the middle of the night, uh, someone who is about to pass over will uh, wake me up and say, um, and I'll get a sense of who it is. And uh, usually this last gentleman wanted to just hold my hand for a while and uh, I said, you know, I ask him, you know, what's what's going up? And I get the truth that, you know, it's fear or whatever resistance or it's anger or it's something that hasn't been resolved. Usually it's fear. And it's almost as if I'm in a cloud state or a, how to explain that, uh, as if I'm behind a glass that is covered in water. And so I'm, I exist in this, uh, rather uh, otherworldly place and this person I'm seeing is usually a, a white image or a white whitish image as they're coming towards me. Um, if they're showing fear about going over and I know they're close, I offer to take them up to um, what I refer to as the light and many other people have different names for it. Um, and to explain to them where they will in fact be going. Now, when they pass over, often they stay in that in that state of having passed over, uh, similar to what uh, Tibetans would call the bardo. And uh, if they've been on morphine, they may uh, rest there for a while and get over the drug effect. If they are still in anger, they may sit in their anger until they uh, come to an acceptance or a a place of, of um, oh, transacting some healing in that respect. Um, but what I do in showing them the light is where they're going to go after that. And then they op- they often have the choice of you can go back. Some actually decide to stay at that moment. Uh, but mostly I say, okay, now I'm going to take you back. You now know where you're going. Um, and they get a real felt sense of how beautiful that is and what that can be. And it tends to dissipate fear around death. Do you, I know in the Monroe Institute, they teach people how to do what you're doing. Um, Mm -hmm. where as you taught yourself or okay. And when you see this, when they're going up, do you see like a welcome center? Because, you know, Monroe Institute teaches that you pretty much go to, what they call the welcome center. Do you see something like that too? Not, um, not that formally. Um, I, I see a stairway. It's a rounded, uh, a curving staircase, um, kind of a Busby Berkeley special. Um, and it's, it's all light filled. It might looks kind of like it's made of glass and it goes up and there's a point where it meets the clouds. And on the other side of cloud is, this extreme bright light. It's almost out of focus. It's so bright. And then the spirits of people who love this person come to greet them. 
That's, so that's how I see it. It doesn't have a sign. It doesn't say Welcome Center. Center. <laughs> it, it's not Denny's, you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but but nobody's nobody gets up there and then finds it empty, right? I mean, you don't get up there. I've and had go, my gosh, one, where am I? there's nobody here. I, I had one person uh, break down because he said no one was there. But this wasn't somebody who was passing over. I was I was teaching him where it was, and I thought, no, that's his fear, because okay. he will be met. I mean, there's no question he will be met. But his fear was that he didn't he wasn't worthy of being met, and therefore wouldn't be. So. Oh wow! And so then everybody complies. Yeah. Oh, that's that's a scary fear fear to have. Okay, so <laughs> Which it was for him. Yes. <laughs> So, so when a person dies, do they immediately, when they drop the body, drop any pain that the body could be giving them, or do they take that with them also? No, they drop the pain completely. But um, oddly enough, the effect of drugs they may be on stay on. So they get through the other side, and there will be uh, still the effect of morphine, especially. Um, okay. Anything that- which has dulled their consciousness is still in their bodies. In, in their light bodies at that point. Oh, that's interesting. What about emotional pain versus physical pain? Would that still go with them? Yes. To be healed? Um, no. If they get through the other side and they're absolutely angry, um, it they they actually stay in that Bardo place until they have brought that to resolution. And from that place, they can become known as ghosts, if you will, and they keep revisiting places they've been. Or if it's anybody who... Uh, was uh, taken quickly um, out of accident or something like that. They may still be looking for uh, their their house, or they don't know where they are, or how did they get here, or you know, have you seen my dog? I've lost my dog. They have these searching uh, this searching experience when they're on the other side. And that's there- also part of the work I do. Is there somebody there that usually greets them and says, "Okay, you've you're dead. You're dead." <laughs> yeah, not in the Bardo, unless uh, unless my unless I or or people like me know to go to the, that area. Um, I just call it the Bardo for lack of another name. Um, and I, I purposely look for spirits that are there that haven't actually come to acknowledge the fact that they've passed on so i'll go to hospitals at times and uh especially children's hospitals and you'll see these children standing around in the hallways but their feet are about um four to six inches above the floor they're floating and they don't know they're dead but if you bring along a horse with a with a fun wagon behind it they all want to get on board and you can take them up to where they need to go but for others uh for adults they'll say i'm you know i'm looking for my wife she was here um and i don't know somewhere i think something's happened to her and uh the way i get them uh to accept the fact of their death is you get them on a rhythmic thing so it's like oh so have you been here a long time and they won't be able to say what time that is. And when did you, you know, what did you have for lunch? And uh, they'll have this puzzled look. I said, when did you last have lunch? And the one that always gets them is, when was the last time you went to the toilet? And that's something you can't ignore, right? <laughs> you cannot eat, <laughs> but you can't not go to the toilet. And then it's like, it, then, then they're they're they get wide eyed, and as they see, you're dead, you know. But you're in the wrong place, you know. Let me show you where you should be. You can always come back here, but let me show you where you should be, you know. And uh, oh gosh, I've had such profound experiences with this. There was, um, I don't know if I've mentioned this to you on this program before, but there was. Uh, one particular area in Atlanta I was in, and I had a friend who ran an internet cafe. This is early, early in internet days. And he said, everybody talks about how dark the stairwell is coming down into this place. And uh, I said, okay, well, let me go over and check it. And I heard from a couple of other people, 
oh, there's a parking lot for a grocery store next door, and it's it's weird. It's always weird. They have to have a security guard. There are drugs going down. Everything is just oh, the weird place, a weird place, and the grocery store never feels clean. I thought, oh, okay, something's going on there. So I go in and I check the site, and it was a lynching site. Ooh. And they would, yes, they would put slaves on the auction block, and they would lynch slaves in public there. So the energy of that was still there. I worked with that. And then I went into the stairwell, and there was a black man under the stairs, very angry with a knife and really kind of threatening towards me. And it took me a while to talk him, you know, talk him into an understanding that he was in the wrong place. And he went up with me so I could show it where it was. And when I looked down, he had three kids in a line holding their hands behind him. We've got to stop right there. Stay tuned to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You, which is being heard on XZBN.net and XZone Broadcast Network and on KnowTheName.com. After the break, we're going to find out about curses and how they occur. Stay tuned. Broadcast studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, to the world and beyond. You're watching the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. AVS Media. You have heard of the Exxon? Now watch it on Simul TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide 15 exclusive channels like Exxon, Sci Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand live streaming events from around the world, interactive online network, and much more. Tomorrow's TV today, Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere. 24-7-365. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnick's, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the Word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God. It was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God, and finally, 
After the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Welcome back. I'm Sharon Lynn Wyeth, and you're listening to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You. Our guest tonight is Bernard Morin, who can be reached via his website, in the name of healing.ca. It's CA for Canada versus the normal COM. So it's in the name of healing.ca. Bernard, before the break, you were telling us a story and you were partway through it. Would you please continue that story? Sure. So uh, as I was taking him up, um, I noticed he had three small children in tow. Um, this was, I have to tell you, really struck me. I was i was emotional around this for about two weeks, and I understood he was protecting them. So how they died, I have really no idea, but um, we managed to get them all up. Thereafter, I heard from uh, friends who knew that store saying the parking lot had changed entirely so the store and that the stairwell was no longer dark and creepy so that was the energy that was held in that spot wow okay Mm. you know death is such a fascinating thing and i think so many people are afraid of it because we don't know it's not like everybody goes there and comes back and has all these tales and so it's it's something that's an unknown so it's always nice when somebody else can shed light on that for us um, I, what is a curse? You mentioned a curse, um, that one of your clients had curses and attachments. So how do you define curse and how do they occur? How somebody, how does somebody get a curse on them? Um, this is mostly, um, initially old world curses. So someone may have had a curse laid upon them by, um, uh, somebody who studied witchcraft, for instance, uh, a couple of centuries or, uh, ago, or or even uh, three or four generations in the family, and and it would be that the firstborn would be an alcoholic, or the firstborn would never succeed in business, or th- that uh, all the girls in the family would be barren. That kind of curse, it was real. It did happen, and in doing some of the work, um, I've gone back and found out where the original curse came from and where it was laid, and I'm able to stop it at its source so that it doesn't affect anyone after the, the point, that point. Um, so Disney's it, Sleeping Beauty with the fairies coming in and then one of them giving a curse, they were taking that out of things that could really happen? Yes, those can happen. They happen in Africa. They're heavy curses uh, uh, really laid on people in Africa, in, in the native communities there and under ritual and they are powerful and they're real and i've i've dealt with them and they're very tricky to deal with because um i kind of have to go in uh incognito so they don't really see me or or feel me but they might hear me um and i uh, i stopped the curse at that point and sometimes it takes me a month to to end uh, that curse to actually bring it to a halt. Um, and you, I mentioned attachments or did you have another question on curses? Uh, yeah. Can, if somebody has a bad thought about another person, could they unknowingly curse that person? Well, yes. And that moves us into attachments. Um, that's a less formal form of curse, but attachments happen when, uh, someone, is jealous of you or can could be angry of you or uh, feels insecure and wants to sap some of your energy for themselves. It's like they hook a hose up to the back of you, to your back, and uh, siphon off your energy. And sometimes that is so subtle you can't tell that it has happened, but after a period of time you become depleted by it. Whenever we're able to remove those attachments, 
um, there's uh, a huge surge in energy with for that person over the next day, two days, and uh, and I personally have had an experience of that where I just felt my energy was going downhill, and I thought, is this AGE or is this, <laughs> you know, am am I not exercising enough? What's going on? And uh, you know, as we we have a network between us, the friends we can trust, and somebody said, oh, you've you've got an attachment, and I thought, oh my gosh, I do. It's back there, and we pulled it out. And I went to a dance party the next night and danced for two hours. You know, I'm not a spring chicken. That was a real feat, right? <laughs> but it told me it told me how much energy it was pulling from me. So, in certain cultures where they have the evil eye, um, yes. and they're very concerned about somebody looking at their child the wrong way or giving them the evil eye. And some cultures have like a a symbol that they would wear around their neck to keep the evil eye off of them. So yes. does that stuff work or is that real? It is real. Um, and uh, to the extent that the people around in that culture are afraid of it, it gives it more power. Okay. You can so decide is- that I'm not afraid of it. It doesn't touch me, has nothing to do with me. And therefore, it doesn't allow a way in. But if the culture itself, and this can be a village culture or a family, has a strong belief in that, then it will be true for them. So could an attachment feel like you've gotten stabbed in the back and you now have a pain? Or could it show up in various ways like a sciatic nerve or um, a sprained ankle or something that you would think, I don't know how I got this, but suddenly it's here? There's a couple of things there. So uh, most attachments are a draining of energy. People are actually pulling energy from you. Um, A lot of that happens out of jealousy or for somebody who just feels like they aren't enough. So they have to pull from somebody they think is more than they are. Um, Curses uh, can, can affect parts of the body. It's, it's less common in my experience. Um, I read those things that happen to parts of the body differently. They telegraph to me what psychosis or psychological issues are going on within the body that are being manifest by the body physically. So, um, yes, there's a spot for all of that um, in, in many cases, but a betrayal... Uh, can feel like a stab in the back and a betrayal that happened maybe two lifetimes ago uh, will feel like this odd spot in your back you just can't quite relieve and it's awkward you go to the chiropractor it doesn't get relief and that is an old betrayal wound at the back wow as you were talking about what jealousy can do i was thinking about so many people that are in positions of power or positions of authority And if people are jealous of them because they have the authority, I mean, imagine if you're the head of a huge corporation, how many people could be jealous of you that you have that job and not them or something and the the common attacks on that person to bring him down or to level him. You know, how would somebody deal with that? Like if they're in a huge position of power? I mean, does that happen? Well, some people are just like Teflon. None of this sticks to them. And I, so I can't quite tell you who, who who it is that doesn't doesn't get it. But if your mindset, um, if you if you feel you have a vulnerability there, then you probably do. But for a lot of people, especially A type um, men more so than women, it's like, eh, I don't believe in that. It doesn't have a place. They they've kind of coated in Teflon, and nothing really sticks there. So it's an advantage not to believe in that stuff because it would make it not stick. Is that what I'm hearing? In that circumstance, but it makes you a less compassionate person. Oh, and so there's a therefore a less of a good manager of people, less of a uh, of an intimate partner, um, less of a, a compassionate father or, or a parent. Okay, I was just thinking of our heads of state, like our presidents in the United States and mm-hmm. and and chancellors and whatnot, and they must have Teflon, or, or I would think there's so many people that have such thoughts of, you know, that run the gambit of positive to negative, 
that if not, that would really affect them if they weren't, you know, shielding themselves with Teflon, as you say. Yeah, shielding is is a, a good word, actually, because there have been presidents who have are great uh, managers of people, are very compassionate, and have a high sense of morality um, Who for whom stuff like that doesn't particularly stick. But my suspicion is they work at it. Or they have somebody there that knows what they're doing to help them work at it. Possibly. You know, it's interesting. It's a little bit off topic a, a bit, but how many of the people in power use astrologers or other people that have gifts as, you know, as a helping hand? More than most people would know. Yeah, some of that's now starting to come out. I was reading the other yes. day on how more than just Reagan had a, a handy psychic, you mm -hmm. know, that they were using for timing. And I thought that's interesting with how much slack that Reagan got when it came out that his wife was always consulting a psychic versus then how many really were. And J. Paul Getty said that um, millionaires don't use um, psychics and astrologers, but billionaires do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's interesting. And there was a Canadian prime minister who used to talk regularly to his dead mother. And, well, I hope and would got have good advice. <laughs> and would have, yeah, and would have seances. I mean, that was considered a woo 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 part of him. Yeah. But you know, I thought, well, he was connected. <laughs> well, stay tuned to know the another genius in you, which is being heard on xzbn.net and Xzone Broadcast Network and on knowthename.com. After the break, we're going to find out more about how Bernard looks at the world and how his understanding has developed. Stay tuned. heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simo TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. The new nonfiction book, Razor of Madness, is similar to cult movies like Clockwork Orange, Dragon's Tattoo, or The Other Side of Hell. Wayne Morin Jr. and Thomas Lee Howe will expose widespread and systematic deficiencies in this thought-provoking tell-all novel. Mind control rages among scholars in law schools. Human rights are ignored while thought reform and mental manipulation are accepted practices used as behavior modification. Dr. Louis Jolion West comes to mind. Media and public scrutiny shows that United States mental hospitals are in fact destructive murder industries. Razor of Madness Expose Novel details this epidemic through an in-depth professional and personal investigation. For decades there has been a revolving door policy that still releases killers and pedophiles back into society. The maestro of mind control continues to haunt America to this very day. Razor of Madness is available in paperback or as a downloadable ebook at Amazon.com. I'm William S. Peckham. If you enjoy a good mystery with a touch of the paranormal, then you'll love my novel, From Out of the Woodwork. It's the story of a young Toronto contractor, Sean Kennedy, who buys derelict homes, guts them, and turns them into multifamily dwellings. Slums just waiting to happen. When Sean buys 29 Livery Lane, the house fights back. Former owners unexpectedly come out of the woodwork as he starts the destruction. The apparitions come to him when he touches old books, reads hidden letters, 
rummages through old boxes, finds a locket or reads a discovered manuscript of a murder mystery. From out of the woodwork will take you from 1899 to the horror of the World Trade Center, September 11, 2001. Check out From Out of the Woodwork on my website, www.williamspeckham.com. Welcome back. I'm Sharon Lynn Wyeth, and you're listening to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You. Our guest tonight is Bernard Morin, who has taken his shamanic skills to a level where he's able to see what is occurring with someone else, regardless of where they are both located physically or, you know, emotionally in their bodies. <laughs> he then assists them in healing. Bernard, if you could change one thing about a person's understanding on how emotional uh feelings affect the physical body what would that be um probably uh to be able to expiate anger within you uh, in a safe way um anger spoken uh you know words that are laden with anger have incredible force and they tend to resonate for a very long time after they're spoken and they're you know the consequences of actions taken out of anger are very hard to reverse. So it's really about uh, knowing in oneself where anger commences and then to uh, nail it before it becomes, uh, you know, something that you may use even to empower yourself, but it becomes something that you can only speak out of in a violent way. Wow, in namology science, there's four different two-letter combinations that imply anger. And they all have a different root. Like mm -hmm. one of them is we're angry at systems. That's the LD like that you see in Donald Trump name. Yep. That you get mad at systems with that LD. And then one of them is that you get like the RD is that you get mad at people aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing in your opinion of what supposed to looks like. And so that would anyway. be me. <laughs> <laughs> there's um anyway, there's four different ways that that shows up in names, but each time it's a different kind of thing that that sets the anger off or that causes them to choose to be angry or that, you know, taps into them. So I think that's interesting that that you say it's anger. Yes. And I think it's the most damaging person, emotion. Yeah, and and everybody gets angry. Yes. So what's an appropriate way to get rid of that? I mean, I was taught as a child, go yell at the tree, and then when you're done, hug the tree and thank the tree for its service so you don't stun its growth. <laughs> that's, that's interesting. Um, <laughs> I have a couple of ways. One is I go I sit on rock or put my feet on rock. I have a large, rounded, beautiful piece of basalt here that I will put my feet on. Uh, if you can get outside and put your feet in grass, you can dissipate the anger very quickly. My favorite one was to go swimming, and I would do the crawl, and I was as I was exhaling underwater, I would yell. <laughs> in, in fact, in some cases, I would just scream, and I thought, I wonder who can hear this, you know? <laughs> if the fish mine. <laughs> well, I, I was talking to a friend the other day, and she has uh, fish in a pond, and a natural pond in her property, and she goes to greet them, and she talks to them, and they come to her year after year. They come up to her. They know her voice, and I'm thinking, well, I hope it didn't damage anybody when I was yelling up my <laughs> anger. <laughs> you know, we don't think about that as a kid. We just do what we need to do. Mm -hmm. You know, how is it determined when a person is born that what's going to be most important to that person. I mean, I can read it in a name. Anybody who knows nameology science can see it in a name. But I'm wondering if you have an, an instinct or a clue or an insight into how that is determined in the first place. Like in this life, I want to learn this and I want to be able to share that. Um, that gets into why are we here for me? Uh -huh. And, um, you know, there there is there are incidents of bad behavior all around us, but I think they're all teaching moments about our relationship to ourselves, to anger, to other people. Um, and what I've come to realize is I can only be responsible for myself. I, I can compassionately care for other people, but when it comes to anger, 
I can only handle my own responses. And uh, it, it's a it's a teaching moment for the soul. It it enhances the soul to be able to uh, inure yourself to uh, you know the volume of anger that can build up if it's never dissipated properly. Well, and doesn't that anger then turn inward and affect that individual's body physically when they have that kind of anger that they're being that's being held inward? Absolutely. It's probably the most damaging thing to the body on the inside. So, Bernard, what's the basis then of healing? In other words, what do people need to know in order to heal themselves? Um, healing for me, as as uh, you know, I'm, I make a point of um, defining it as differently than curing. Um, healing is not necessarily curing, meaning you'll get over the condition you're in, but healing is. Uh, working with a condition that brought forth this problem in the first place. And the net result of that may well be curing. But in the beginning, the healing process is working through what it is that puts you in a knot in the first place. Are there multiple types of energies, or is it all energy the same in that one energy is being used differently? Uh, that's interesting. I find uh, energies are different. For instance, um, you know, the energy that I worked with was, was initially was called Reiki, and you know, with Qigong, you can uh, you can bring uh, summon an energy, but it doesn't feel the same. It doesn't have the loving energy that Reiki has on it. It's quite different, although it's very powerful. Uh, Qigong is very powerful in what it can do. Um, the energies have all subtle differences, such as um, I often will bring in angelic forms, which is not well understood, and each of those have different energies around them and are used for different things. Uh, your walk in the woods is a collection of various energies that you can work with to help balance yourself out or can be used for someone else. There are various kinds of energies. How do you read a person's energy to know uh, what's going on with that person and if that person's sick or, or not? Um, this has become a bit tricky in my life because I realize I I see too much for some people. And it, it kind of restricts your personal life <laughs> when, <laughs> when you meet somebody and it's like, oh, my God, he can see what kind of underwear I've got on. Um, <laughs> it's... <laughs> um, you, you, I just shut that down, and you learn to accept people with no judgment. But if my body responds, if I get a funny feeling in my gut, then I know there's something amiss with this person. This person isn't either safe or this person is dealing with the toxicity, which can be damaging to them. And, you know, we get those signals all the time, you know, the people who enter the room even behind us, we don't see them, but the hair goes up in the back of our neck. Mm -hmm. You know, we are, we have those signals coming to us all the time. I remember a, a person told me when I started giving speeches, um, when I was a school administrator and I had to talk in front of faculty and talk in front of parents, that she suggested that I mentally send my energy, which was just a funny picture in itself because I had to think of it coming up in a bubble and then blowing the bubble into the room. Um, but to send my energy into the room before anybody entered the room. So therefore they would get used to my energy as they entered the room so that then there would be more acceptance when I spoke. Do you uh, do that? Or do you know about that? Or you think that yeah. works or what? I, I do. And I teach it. Um, that was a part of Reiki for me, which I don't teach any longer, but um, part of, of second degree was, um, you know, you learn distance healing, but but you can use distance healing to send yourself forward to a meeting that you're attending in a week or two days. And you can set the energy in that room so that when people come into it, they feel uplifted by it and safe in it and warm in it. And it makes for great meetings. Oh. You know, I mean, I used to do it because she told me to, and I thought, eh, I don't have anything to lose. <laughs> but I always wondered, is this really working or not? Oh, no, yeah. it does work. 
And even even in those circumstances, even if something untoward happens in the meaning, it, it will always end up well. Oh, well, that's cool to know. Yeah. Bernard, our time with you always goes so incredibly quickly. It Thank does. you again for coming on Know the Name, you know, Know the Genius in You. I know our listeners love it when you're on just as much as I do. Thank you. You're very welcome. It's always a pleasure, Sharon. Be prepared and surprised when you experience Bernard's work. His website, again, is inthenameofhealing.ca, and CA stands for Canada. Bernard likes to make the world a better place and has an eye for beauty, as well as being a great detective, wanting to know the background of the ones around him. That comes from him having the first vowel of E in his first name. If your first vowel is an E, you too wish to make the world a more beautiful place and are quite a detective in getting to the bottom of what's going on with people and getting to know them. Do you know where your genius lies? I'm Sharon Lynn Wyeth, host of the radio show Know the Name, Know the Genius in You, which is heard every weekday at various hours right here on XZBN.net radio and Exxon radio station. Tune in to hear the fascinating ways other people discovered the genius in themselves and what they were able to accomplish. In all of our shows, you'll hear clues on how you can recognize your own innate genius. Join us this week and every week. If you wish to know more about your name, you can discover your innate genius by going to knowthename.com and giving yourself a gift of a session. Again, this is Sharon Lynn Wyeth, host of Know the Name, Know the Genius in You, signing off. Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. As this is the first book in the Esoteric series, Modern Esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com. Are you or is someone you know struggling with addictions, depression, anxiety, relationships, low self-esteem, lack of confidence, grief, success, and prosperity? Do you know that your subconscious belief plays a big role in the outcome of your hard work? We can help you permanently change the beliefs that may be the reason for your struggles and failures. We care about getting you the return on your investment and the results you are looking for. We can help you be free of the limitations of your past and in realizing your highest potential. We work with people by phone and Skype. For more information, visit us at www.ritasoman.com. That's www.ritasoman.com. Do you think you have energy problems in your home? Do you feel better when you're away than when you're home? Joey Korn is a global leader in the world of dowsing who specializes in personal energy clearing and space clearing. He can help you create an ideal energy environment in your home no matter where you live in the world. Learn about his remote spiritual house cleaning services and much more at www.dowsers.com. 
You can get Joey's book, Dowsing, A Path to Enlightenment, as well as other dowsing books and tools, Kabbalah books, and Walter Russell books. Joey's work is really amazing. Go to dowsers.com right now. That's D-O-W-S-E-R-S dot com or call 1-877-DOWSING. That's 1-877-369-7464.